All right, I know that we don't normally do content warnings and things like that in this show, but I... I stand behind what I wrote. Don't get me wrong. I think that it's a very nuanced character, and I think that it's not something that I go about flippantly. However, I do want to warn everyone that if you are sensitive to things like suicide and depression and mental illness and just anything along those lines, maybe consider not giving this one a listen. I completely understand if you choose not to. I just wanted to come straight out and warn everyone that there are some very heavy themes in this episode, and I tried not to dwell on them for too long, and I tried not to get super in-depth with it so that it's just torture porn, I guess is a good way to put it. I don't I don't really know what I'm trying to say about this, just that while I understand that it may upset some people, and I understand that this may not be exactly what you expect from a podcast that is mostly about comedy and about some friends gathering around a table, I still think that it's important to remember that when we're talking about situations like what happened with Ingrid, people go through very intense mental struggles, and this happens in the real world as well, and if you are dealing with any sort of of deep sadness or depression, or if you're thinking about taking your life or anything like that, please reach out for professional help. And don't listen to something like this. This is meant to be entertainment, it's meant to evoke emotion from you, but it's not meant to throw you into a spiral. And so if this will do that to you, if you think that hearing about somebody who is going through something similar to what you might be going through will hurt and not help, please don't listen. I would far prefer that you do what is best for your mental health than to do than to give me clicks or plays or anything that would come along with that. And so thank you for being listeners and I love you all and if you ever need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. And without further ado, this month's Fillmore's Crossing story. Ingrid Fillmore.
an idyllic mountain town, the sound of trees protesting against saws working to take them down. Ingrid Fillmore walked slowly through the sandy and rocky streets of Two Rivers. The wooden buildings seemed to embrace the road on either side. Friendly smiles were cast in her direction by nearly every person she passed. The creased faces of hard-fought living, still joyous and happy. The smell of the spring flowers bringing a sense of calm. Sadness was fleeting here as more rosy-tinted cheeks passed her by. It was a beautiful sunny day, and the rhythm of the saws was almost like music to Ingrid's troubled mind. Minutes passed as she made her way a bit further from town towards the quaint cabin she grew up in. She could see her father chopping wood while her mother tended to the garden out front. Their features were blurry, and only her intuition and context could help her recognize these generic features. It had been so long that only her father's stout frame and worn, leathery hands were recognizable. Those hands had provided for her her entire life. She could not forget those hands as they gripped the axe tightly. The sweet smell of sweat hung in the air like a fresh pie cooling on the windowsill. It was comforting, like a load had been removed from her shoulders as the faceless woman looked up from her garden. Her lack of expression was comforting, until everything went blurry for Ingrid. The bright, colorful landscape became muted and the sun dimmed markedly. A force pulled Ingrid back as she cried out to stay. She dropped to her knees and clawed at the earth, but as she dug, the earth gave way to a stone floor. The trees around her grew grayer and closer together as they turned into iron bars. She wailed and screamed, her, her fingers bleeding as she clawed at stone. She cursed herself for not having strong hands like her father. She cursed herself for leaving the safety of simplicity to live a life of luxury. It was the only time that she had seen her father cry. When Elmer Fillmore, a man of only five years her father's senior, came to ask permission for her hand. He knew Ingrid dreamt of a less simple life, and he could never give it to her. She dreamt of jewelry and fancy dresses. Her father also knew that Elmer dreamt of defiling the youngest and prettiest women he could find. Ingrid, Ingrid was grown now, and she could make her own decisions. Ingrid had never spoken to the man, but she knew that he could. She knew what he could provide. Yes, her body was that of a woman, but her mind was still frivolous. How could he say he trusted his daughter? and not let her make her own decisions. Maybe this was his own selfishness trying to make excuses to keep her around. He knew that it would mean that Ingrid would be taken care of for life, but at what cost? How long would she be pretty enough to hold Elmer's attention? Elmer's wrinkled face and bushy mustache were looming over her. The turquoise decorating his hat was a lighthouse beacon steering her away from the cliffs that Elmer embodied. She felt alone and desperate as the canyons running down his face began to smooth. They transitioned to that of her son, Everett. The handsome boyish features caused a rage deep inside her. Her anger boiled over like an untended kettle left on the stove. Trembling and raging hands reached out to wrap themselves around the boy's neck. His small face and eyes began to bulge, 
as Ingritton's own was contorted into that of contempt. A vengeful smile was painted across her face as Everett gasped and groaned. The young man turned blue, at first slamming his small fists into her sides. Nothing could stop Ingrid in this moment as she exacted her revenge on Elmer's legacy. Blood leaked down Everett's face mixed with, the te- with his tears. His mouth was open, trying to protest, but Ingrid's grip was true. She pressed harder into his neck and heard disgusting cracking noises. Blood gurgled and seeped from his mouth, but nothing could sever her grip in this moment. She would not let her mission be diverted with petty emotion. Once she let her son's corpse drop to the floor, she saw a gentleman with a large brown hat, his clothes expensive and well-laundered, his face clean-shaven. The gentleman wore a maniacal smile on his face as he nodded approvingly at Ingrid. She felt peace looking at this stranger. The stranger seemed to teleport as she was watching him clamp down on Everett's corpse with his chiseled jaw. Blood gushed and flowed down his cheek and neck as he slurped viciously at the young boy. Ingrid knew she should scream out in protest, but she calmly wiped the blood from her hands and stood watch. The stranger seemed to grow in size as he drained the body. When the stranger finished, and Ingrid could once again see the body on the ground, she noticed it had changed to her own. Her once soft features now gaunt against her bones. Lifeless and pale, her own desiccated corpse now lay before her. She knew she should feel sadness or some sense of loss, but she was numb. She existed in a perpetual state of shock, but nothing could prepare her for her own corpse's eyes shooting open. A dry, gravelly voice emanated from it. This is your fault. You've killed us! You are worthless and you've killed us! She tried to scream, but no words would come out. Her veins bulged in her neck as she tried to force sound out. Her body was no longer her own and she knew it. The stranger was no longer present visibly, but she could feel his joy. She could feel his power over her, and it terrified her. Ingrid awakened once again in her cell. The northern man softly snoring in a nearby cell. Boris, the kindly guard, was fast asleep as well. Grabbing one of the pillows from next to her, she pressed her face into it and screamed, tears now flowing freely among the cold sweat she had awakened to. She felt powerless and desperate for some semblance of control over the situation. Tonight was the night, she thought, as she removed the pillow from her face. Perhaps the stranger would let go of her. Ingrid looped one end of her blanket into the bars on the window of her cell and tied it secure. She tugged many times to make sure she would not make the same error she had made nights previously, and crouched down below the window. Ingrid looped one end of her coarse woolen blanket around her neck. The tears had given way to stoicism. She thought of her father's hands and all the good they had accomplished, those hands that provided a life for her, those hands that would brush tears from her eyes and gently clean scrapes from her knees, hands that gently and lovingly caressed her mother. Why couldn't she just... why Why couldn't she have just wanted that? Why couldn't she be satisfied with finding a simple and loving man to spend her days with? Her own hands were idle and only cause for destruction. They brought no comfort, only death. They were weak, and the skin on them paper-thin. 
Years of letting servants do her bidding created weakness in her that she could not mend. This was why she was gripped by this madness. She was paying penance for her sins. She hoped Ernie could forgive this last transgression. Deep breaths filled her lungs as she let her weight be held only by the blanket. Gasping a few times, she almost panicked, but it only lasted a few moments before her calm returned. The faces that haunted her seemed to welcome her. They were proud, she thought. Even her father nodded in approval as her vision became, began to become cloudy at their edges. Panic set it again briefly, but she willed it away and sank further into her oblivion, each second a battle for relief and calm. The stranger's angular features and clean-shaven face appeared in her mind's eye, and the panic worsened. He grinned, and the way his cheeks folded at the corner corners of her mouth reminded her of the twisted demonic faces depicted in the Book of Ernie. He seemed to be feeding off of her fear, feeding off of her misery. The tunnel that was her vision closed further around this man's terrible visage. You are doomed to this Ingrid. You are mine for eternity. Stay and play with me, Ingrid. Stay and play. When Boris awakened everyone for breakfast the next morning, Ingrid was laying in bed, and nothing of the previous night was remembered. She felt drained and her neck was sore, but no visible wounds were upon her. She knew she had killed her children. She knew she was evil, but she couldn't even weep over it. Ingrid Fillmore had become almost numb to everything at this point. She wondered if Elmer would ever come visit her, not that she would visit him if roles were reversed, but she held out hope. Each time the door would open, her heart would soar, only to be dashed by the idiotic shenanigans of the folks who were supposedly here to fix this. She wanted forgiveness, but knew she didn't deserve it. She wondered if she would ever be able to forgive herself, if she would truly be able to move on from this. Ingrid settled upon the idea that she did not deserve to move on, but instead to dwell upon this until the deputy gathered up the courage to hang her. Oh, that was that was even hard for me to write and read and, and go through, and so, again, please, 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 if, if you need any sort of help or you are contemplating hurting yourself, there are, there are resources out there to help you. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful uh, rest of your day.